there's all these boards like freelancer and upwork and all these sort of you know online jobs all of that sort of stuff just avoid all of those don't ever hire a writer on any of those i'll tell you where the best writers in the world are you're listening to the liftoff show the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs helping you increase sales profits and build a powerhouse brand fast i'm your host austin lovell and welcome to the show G'day everyone and welcome back to The Liftoff Show and today we're chatting with a very special guest. We're chatting with Katrina here. Katrina, do you just want to take a second to introduce yourself and tell everyone in the Liftoff Show community what you've been up to in the e-commerce world? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Austin. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and your audience. Um, So I started in e-commerce a very long time ago. I used to run a store in Australia that sold gazebos and I did that for 10 years and I got very, very good at one particular thing, which was driving organic traffic to that store. And so really what I do now is I run a business called copysmiths.com. And I just, we just create content for e-commerce stores, mainly blog articles, because that's where our specialization is. But it's been this journey from running my own e-commerce store, working out how to uh, make it profitable. We got all our traffic from organic, as I said, and then I've just used those superpowers to turn it into another business called copysmiths.com. And that's what we do for everyone else. So yeah, that's where I'm up to. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love how you phrased it as a superpower because I think a lot of e-commerce brands right now, it's all about, it's all about paid. It's all about paid ads. It's all about how do I get more traffic from Facebook, TikTok, using email marketing, SMS, just trying to bombard their store with sales. And I guess one thing that might fly under the radar a little bit is the whole organic side, the whole content piece. And so I'd love for you to start by, I guess, introducing the whole importance of good content on a site, using organic traffic and things like that. I love to sort of start with that because coming from a back and selling gazebos. I haven't chatted with anyone that's done that before. So I'm keen to hear your perspective on why it's so important right now. Sure. Well, just to touch on the gazebos, selling gazebos was literally the dumbest thing I could have possibly ever done. They are these huge, unwieldy, heavy things that don't go into a small envelope and they're certainly not consumables. But that's just happened to be where I started. And so we learned that because our costs were so high with shipping, that we had to have a constant regular channel of uh, traffic that was coming in. And the best type of traffic, of course, is free traffic that converts very well. And so with that, I think it's a matter of we we hear and, and you sort of said that just a minute ago, you said that a lot of people start with PPC. They always start with paid traffic first or Instagram, social media, those sorts of channels, because it's very easy because those channels provide you with a dashboard that tells you whether you're making money or not. It always has a conversion rate in those channels. <laughs> Whereas organic, organic traffic doesn't have a lovely dashboard with, you know, flicks, you know, uh, switches and dials and buttons to press that tells you exactly what your conversion rate is. Organic traffic is extremely hard to attribute and to track whether it's making money for you. But I can tell you that we've got some friends over at Tadpool, another agency that we occasionally work with, and they do data mining for e-commerce stores. And they told me recently um, in a meeting that if uh, one of their biggest stores, the stores that are doing about 10 million a year, 20 million a year, they get at least 60% of their revenue from organic traffic. And that's the lowest that they will go. So it's something if, if you really need to understand how to what, what sort of a healthy balance is for organic traffic for everyone out there, it's um, about 60% that you need. And the stores that we work with who do rely on organic, 
they have they they come about it in exactly the same way they all start with paid traffic everyone starts sort of that way but then they gain more confidence in organic so it's one of these things where everyone hears about organic traffic and content being good but i think there's two things i want to say is people give up too early in the cycle it's a little bit like you do a paid traffic campaign and you you sort of put five keywords in or five ads in and then you sort of go oh well that didn't work i'll stop that now you know, no one does that. Everyone sort of keeps going with their paid traffic. They they keep trying new keywords and new ads. Whereas uh, organic traffic with uh, content, people will tend to do five blog articles and then they go, well, that was really hard to do and it didn't work. And then they stop. And we we see that all the time. So that's one thing I would say is that people stop too soon. I think that people don't realize that organic traffic can be such an, a massive driver of traffic and revenue for people, but it's only for the faithful, for the converted. So we tend to see that our our clients that come to us to order sort of larger volumes of content, they already know. They, they're they already in the know. They already know that organic traffic works for them. So yeah, does that sort of answer your question? Like it's sort of like this thing of organic is very important. It's really hard to do. Everyone gives up on it too soon, which is why Copy Smiths exists. Um, but once it works, it snowballs and it does very well for people. And then it becomes this, and it's a very reliable source of traffic. So it evens out all those fluctuations in the paid traffic. So you know how some months you'll have a really good month in paid traffic and then one of your ads doesn't work and all goes, you know, all goes downhill. Organic traffic is very even, unless of course you've been messing around with, you know, dodgy backlinks or something unless you get penalized by the search engines, organic traffic offers a very steady revenue basis. I think that's super powerful because what I hear right now when I'm chatting with a lot of brand owners is the fact that it feels almost like a roller coaster. You have yeah. these great months followed by these crushing lows and then iOS 14 hits last year and some are still feeling the huge effects of that now and it's you know still hurting them to this day. And then it's just that inconsistency, tossing and turning, being like, is today going to be a good day or is it going to be a bad day? Is this month going to be a good month? And just having you know some of those words you said, consistent predictable it's just always going to be there and bring you traffic yeah. i think those are just you know huge bells flying off in e-commerce brand owners heads saying oh, this yeah, is like amazing those, like, I want those anxiety attacks that everyone has at 2 a.m in the morning because they're looking at their cash flow going in and out and they're not quite sure whether they're going to be able to make payroll because you know they had a bad month with their paid traffic or with the search engine you know sorry with the social media channels aren't working as well those 3 a.m pa- panic attacks they disappear when you have organic traffic that just ticks along because it always creates this base for you and it makes your business very stable and steady and it makes it saleable as well. So that's the other thing is when you go to sell an e-commerce store, if you want it to be acquired, having a foundation stone of good solid organic traffic and you can only get it only from content because Google Google is just this algorithm. It's just this robot that crawls around the internet and it's looking for content. It's all it's looking for. Well, then let's talk about there how to get started with it, because you said it can be very difficult and it's a hard thing for a lot of e-commerce brand owners to maintain and keep going at yeah. it and publishing regular content that's high quality as well, that's going to rank well and get this traffic in. What's the best way to start? What's the okay. easy way to start, get it going and start getting some quick wins? Yep. Okay. So there's all these boards like freelancer and Upwork and all these sort of, you know, online jobs, all of that sort of stuff. Just avoid all of those. Don't ever hire a writer on any of those. I'll tell you where the best writers in the world are. They're in Kenya. 
So we hire all of our writers from Kenya because the education system in Kenya is just second to none. They're very focused on English literature, arts, and uh, they're very focused on uh, tertiary education as well. So an enormous amount of the population has a tertiary level education often in the arts, they'll be communication specialists, or we've got um, authors, we've got poets in our business who write for us. And you can find Kenyan writers in the Facebook groups. So if you just search for awesome freelancers in Kenya, if you just use the word awesome and freelancers, you'll probably find it. It's um, a Facebook group of about, I'm going to say 50,000 people. And it's run by a guy called Walter Okolo. And he's just a, he's an Kenyan entrepreneur and he's just collected all these wonderful people who want to learn how to write and that's where we source all our writers from so you can pay um, a, a really good wage in Kenya is about 400 500 US for maybe for a uni student who's you know at uni trying to you know work so you can pay about four five hundred US a month and find a really great writer so that's the first thing is to find someone who's affordable. And also I would say is to, I always, we never hire anyone who's got search engine optimization experience. So anyone who applies to us and says, I'm an SEO guru, I've written 10,000 articles. We just go, oh, thank you so much. And we hit delete because those people tend to have really bad habits. They tend to write very spammy kind of articles. They tend to stuff all their keywords in and they sound like robots and they use um, AI tools to automate their processes. So you wanna avoid those kind of people. So go and find people in Kenya. That's the first step. The second step is to create a template for your writer. So what you do is there's, there's all these templates um, floating around. Just start with a listicle template. Listicles still work really, really well for attracting organic search. And all you do is you just, just Google the words listicle template and find sometimes we at Copysmiths, we post our templates online for people, not often, but sometimes if you, you know, Google around, you can find our stuff, but you, you get a template and you give that to your writer and you say, this is the structure of the article. And let's say we're writing about fountain pens and it might be seven steps to clean a fountain pen. You just tell your writer, here's the structure. And I just want you to really go into a great deal of depth a minimum of 1400 words and tell me everything there is to know about how to clean a fountain pen. And you also tell that person that you want lots of pictures included. Mm. And you have to have a minimum of two. I'll give you sort of like a couple of little hot tips here for how to write articles, the structure of an article that needs to be, uh, that can be found in the search engines. Always put bullet points in at least one bullet point um, list. Always put a table in and always include some either quotations or testimonials about, you know, so if it was how to clean a fountain pen, you would put in a testimonial from one of your clients that sort of said, from one of your customers that said, oh, you know, we, we received this fountain pen in the post, it was, you know, beautifully made and we abs I absolutely love it. Signed by Sally Smith or whatever. So Google is looking for a ver um, variation in content. It's looking for visuals. It's looking for something that's interesting. So if you get, if you pay around about 60 to $70, about maybe 50, we'll say about 50 to $60 for a 1400 word article to someone in Kenya, who's never written anything for SEO before, and you keep it really simple and you give them a template, you will get a really, really good piece of content. 
You can then go to Fiverr and there are all these editors, professional editors on Fiverr, and you can pay them around about $20 and they will edit that document so that just to make sure that the product name spelled correctly, the dictionary is right, the, you know, the, all the links are not the working correctly and just the phrasing's all okay. And so you're up for like maybe about 70 or $80 now and then just publish it. So again, you can pay someone on Fiverr or you, normally in an e-commerce team, the owner can publish themselves or they've got web developers who can publish. And so that's that's like as easy as it is to do the first one. It's just the tricky bit is doing it every single week, a couple of times a week and finding all those topics, of course. But if you just, I, I just want to say to anyone who's listening, like if you just start with that, you go and find someone in Kenya, you create a template to give them some structure, you give them one topic and you pay an editor to check the work, you'll end up with a really great piece of content. Oh, and just make sure that the template itself has lots of visuals in it, like images and um, bullet lists and testimonials and a table. Um, You'll end up with a piece of content for about $70. It will work. Appreciate you sharing that strategy and that framework because I never would have thought of it that way and that Kenya is the place to go to find incredible writers that can create these awesome articles. And I think the question that might be flowing through a lot of the listeners' minds right now is, great, I've gone out there, I've got this amazing writer, written this article, put it on our site, everything's good to go, but now how does that turn into sales or how does that start generating that traffic? And so what's next once you've got that article all done and published? Okay. The the trick is, is that, and Google literally says this in its advanced blogger guidelines, Google says, write well, which I've just explained how to do, and often. A frequently updated site is, and so those are literally, because I've, you know, memorized them because I've said it so often to so many people, those are literally the first words in the advanced blogger guidelines. So Google wants you to write well, but also often. So your next trick is to to repeat that process because one article, again, it's the same analogy as doing an AdWords campaign. One ad doesn't make a business. You do have to repeat it and it's a channel you have to commit to. But so once you've got that article on the site, I'll tell you how to get people to click through to your product pages. And it's really, really old school SEO. And I've tested this and it absolutely works. People like clicking on images. Like it's that simple. No one likes clicking on the red, you know, call to action button that's that's flashing, you know, buy now, buy now, save 20% now. If you're going to buy, I'll give you, you know, free steak knives. No one likes clicking on those, but what they do like clicking on is they like clicking on things that they don't feel they're being forced into a click. So images. So if you, if you create a product image of your fountain pen, and then you put a couple of arrow points on it to say, um, you know, stainless steel nib or, you know, flows smoothly or, you know, high grade steel or whatever, you know, comfortable grip. If you put all of those feature benefits sort of statements in an image, people will click on images. They click on small icons that are animated. People also, and this goes against all the conversion rate optimization gurus, they click on the word click. So we've done tests where we had, we built content for a website. And again, keep in mind that we did, I don't know, maybe 140 articles for this website. We moved them from 800 organic views uh, a month to 150,000 organic views over the space of about 14 months. To do that, it is not rocket science. Honest to God, it's not rocket science. We created, we wrote about 120 articles and we put lots of visuals in it. And we used words like click, click here and we were able to get 60% of those people to move over to a squeeze page. Okay. Other things that people like and trust and will click on are testimonials. 
testimonials are incredibly powerful. So you can, you can layer in a testimonial to sort of, you know, Sally Smith says, you know, loved this fountain pen, you know, I thought it was great buy. And you can put the, the brand, the, the, um, the product name of that fountain pen in her testimonial and people will click on it. Another thing that people will do is they click on, remember how I said to you tables, remember how I said, you got to put tables, people click on words inside tables. So all you're really doing is you're providing this good quality content and that you're providing a solution for how to clean a fountain pen or how to buy a fountain pen for a graduation gift, right? That's probably a better sort of example. But when you have how to buy a graduation uh, gift and it's a fountain pen, and if you just have a table which says these are the three best fountain pens for young you know, men, and these are three found best fountain pens for young women or, you know, whatever it might be for law students or, I don't know, literature students. When you put in a link that says check the price as opposed to buy now, there's a very big lift. And again, we've tested these sorts of things. So it's the really common sense stuff. And that's what I want to say to people. I want people to understand that content is really hard to do, but it's mostly because people look for all the tricks. They look for the little silver bullets. They look for the magic potion. They look for the hacks. They look for the SEO gurus. They try to follow everyone else's pattern. And um, what you have to do is you just have to create good content that's visually interesting. And you have to um, be honest about what people will click on in that content. And it works. And it's also evergreen because it lasts forever. And the algorithm. So Google does not like SEO doesn't like SEO. It's got a room full of PhD level engineers who are trying to get rid of SEO hacks and tactics. Okay. They're trying to defeat all of it. What the algorithm's looking for is just good content. Okay. So, you know, that it's, it's easy. It's just a matter of being able to repeat it. I think there's been so much value jam packed into this already. And I'm going to go back and listen to this a few times. I feel like I say that every episode, but every time there's always new ideas to think about. And before we wrap up, the last question I wanted to ask was, what are some of those hacks or silver bullets or things that some people are trying to do that they shouldn't, they should just focus on good content consistently. What are some of those things that they should steer clear of or that you see a lot of maybe gurus out there in the SEO space or content space saying that brands need to be doing when really it's probably not the best thing for them to do? Artificial intelligence, all the AI writer generators. If what I believe is that if someone is using an article to generate an article about fountain pens using a tool like Jarvis, and there's there's different ways to use Jarvis, but the the dumb way, there's clever ways to use Jarvis, the dumb way to use Jarvis is to punch in fountain pen and to produce an article because the algorithm will, the Jarvis tools will generally produce the same sort of article and there's a footprint to it. And Google is getting better at detecting those footprints. So if you're going to use content generators, you have to use them very carefully. Another thing that people are doing is they'll do product reviews, but they'll only review their own product. They won't do an honest review where they literally get, you know, a genuine review and provide good value um, and compare with their competitors. So again, people get very lazy. They use tools like uh, Jarvis. Surfer SEO is another tool that I believe, like we we use Surfer SEO, but we use it very, very carefully because again, you put in the keyword found fountain pens and there's like a there's a there's 10,000 other SEOs putting that same keyword in because they're all trying to compete and they do exactly the same thing they do exactly what the tool tells them to do and so all their content looks exactly the same and Google knows it and so do the readers 
I appreciate you wrapping those up because I think, you know, when I think about copywriting at scale or writing long form, I've used Jarvis in the past. I was, yep. a, you know, a big uh, user of it when it was called conversion back in the day and then, yep. the, and then Jasper and then all the different iterations and all these different other platforms as well. And so I think it's valuable to finish on that. The fact that this isn't something that you can just skip your way through, maybe plug it into a platform, get an article and then start using that. It's not going to work. It takes a bit of time, but yeah, if you follow the effort. steps, then yeah. it's going to work and it's consistent. Yeah. It's repeatable. No more 3 a.m. panic attacks. And by the sounds of it, it's like an incredibly valuable system. So yeah. Katrina, I really appreciate you hopping on today and sharing your insights with us. This was incredibly valuable and we haven't had anyone on the show that has talked Austin. about content like this. So I really appreciate you being on. And what's the best next step? If anyone wants to learn a bit more about writing great copy or find a way to get copy made for their e-commerce brand, maybe they're in the scaling phase and they just want yeah. someone to do it for them. How do they go about finding help from you or anyone else out there? Yeah, we're really friendly. Anyone's welcome to talk to us, um, but just go to copysmiths.com and we've got um, a newsletter. We're just sort of, we're quite a new business, but we're sort of gearing up all these sort of assets that we'll share with everyone. But if you just search for copysmiths.com, you'll find all sorts of bits and pieces about us and you can sort of dive into whatever suits your fancy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, Katrina. Really appreciate you being on the show and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Austin.